Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Path. I'm your host, Luke Hastings. Today's episode is about masculine vulnerability, which is fascinating. It's this massively important topic. Why? Because women have gotten smart. Women have got smart, boys, and they have decided that they now want us to talk about our feelings. And um, therapy and feminism and wokeism and such as has told us, talk about your feelings. Share how you feel. We want to know the real you. We want to see what's underneath that rough exterior. And then, as the story goes, when men take the bait and they finally open up and share about their real selves, how they're really feeling, what they're really going through, it's a big turnoff, and nobody cares, and it leads to ruin. That's the story, anyway. Is that always what happens? No. Um, And it actually makes a lot of sense. So today we're talking about why men struggle with vulnerability, why women want men to be more vulnerable, and... Conversely, why is masculine vulnerability often a turnoff for women? Because it sometimes is. I'm going to cram all this into one podcast episode, and I'm going to miss a lot of stuff by intention that I wish I had time to dive into more. I spent a lot of time preparing for this. One day I might write a book. Who knows? But uh, there's a lot to discuss here. I'm going to try to keep it to those three questions and Guys, if you feel like I missed something important or if you want me to expand upon a particular facet of all this, please send me a DM on Instagram at narrowwayman. And while we're here, guys, while we're talking, before we start, go ahead and do me a big favor and hit the follow button on whatever platform you're listening. It's really going to help me out. Just, yep, scroll up, hit the follow button, come back down here. Let's get into it. Again, we're going to talk about masculine vulnerability, why men struggle with it why women want men to be more vulnerable, and why when men actually are vulnerable, it can be a turnoff for women, and why that actually makes sense, and maybe some application too. All right, first off, let's talk about why men struggle with vulnerability. It's really simple when you think about it, guys. Vulnerability exposes weakness, okay? Vulnerability is not weakness itself, nor does vulnerability create weakness, but vulnerability exposes weakness, right? You can't be vulnerable if you don't have weakness, but weakness is not vulnerability. Vulnerability is the exposure of weakness. As defined by Merriam-Webster, vulnerability is capable of being physically or emotionally wounded and two, open to attack or damage, assailable. So if you think about a castle, the man is the king of his castle and his castle wall looks impenetrable. It looks beautiful straight and tall and strong, but truth be told, there are weak points in the wall. You just can't see them from the outside looking in if he's doing a good job and being a good man as we've been taught to in the West and as we've been taught to in a lot of life. You build your castle walls tall and strong and even if they're not super strong, you make sure that there's a good facade on the outside so that they look really strong. You can see this in modern architecture, actually, quite a bit. You'll see fake brick fronts on like a strip mall. Department stores, they'll have these beautiful fronts with brick and sometimes fake brick. And then you look around the sides or the back and it's just this flimsy looking metal building. And um, that's how 
men have been taught to project their exteriors. Men, women, children, anybody who's assimilated into culture, we have all learned to a, to a degree to put up a front, a mask of sorts that we wear to show other people, a lie in essence. It's a socially agreed upon lie, but when someone asks how you're doing, you say, good, how are you? Or can't complain, or, you know, hanging in there, ha ha ha. You know, it's all these kind of things that we agree to lie to each other about. And um, that's instilled in men at a very young age, to not be vulnerable. Vulnerability is not the weak points in your wall. Vulnerability is the exposure of those weak points. So as a kid, right, I played baseball, played a little bit of basketball, got into some, uh, you know, sports situations where you could get hurt, right? As, as many boys do. We play some sports and, you know, you get hurt sometimes. When you take a baseball to the face because the glove wasn't big enough and you somehow missed it or, you know, it's something surprised you, you ran into somebody, you got mowed over on the football field, whatever it is, you are taught to be tough. Don't cry. Be a man. Tough it out. Keep going. Push through, right? That's what we do on the sports field. That's what we do in the gym. And guys, this is essential. This is an essential part of masculinity. We don't need to knock this, okay? The reason men struggle with vulnerability is because it does not pay to point out your weak points. It is counterintuitive. The ladies want us to be vulnerable so that they can connect to us and we can have all these feelings together. And that's all fine and dandy until it comes down to it. It's like, you really want me to show you where my weak points are in the wall? There's a reason you don't do that, right? A lot of us, our fathers or grandfathers, were around or actually fought in World War II or Vietnam or other battlefields. And guys, you don't intentionally expose vulnerability in war. If you go to prison, never been there, but from what I've heard and seen, you don't want to expose vulnerability. You don't want to expose weakness by being vulnerable. That is a bad idea. Why? Because, back to Merriam-Webster, it exposes you to attack. It makes you assailable, right? If the enemy doesn't know where the weak points are in the wall and it all kind of looks the same, then you're good. Your chances of actually getting hurt are much lower, right? So when you got hit with a baseball or plowed over on the football field or whatever it was, you didn't cry, not because you didn't feel pain. Of course you still felt pain. You might have even broken a bone. You could have actually got a concussion. You could have got a serious injury, but you don't show it. You're not vulnerable about it because that would show your weakness. And weakness makes you assailable, open to further attack or damage, right? It's a bad idea. Sometimes for a man, when the buck stops here, when the situation depends on you, you have to push through. Sports, the gym, warfare, long business meetings, negotiations, hostile situations, there's a lot of context in which this is true. And guys, this is true. I mean, we're kind of sexist right now. I'm just talking about men. This is true for anybody, man, woman, or child, that wants to maintain control of an intense situation. I'll give you some examples. Whenever a child gets bitten by a dog or, you know, the dog kind of jumps on them and they fall down and there's a bunch of screaming and terror, right? The adults in the room or the adults around have a huge influence on how the situation plays out, right? If you are the masculine player, if you want to maintain control of that situation, 
you cannot afford to be vulnerable about how you really feel. I remember my little sister, she was ever at a neighbor's house many, many years ago. And the dogs, you know, they got excited. I don't know if you could say they attacked her, but they did like run up to her and like uh, knock her down. They didn't bite her, um, but she had some scratches and they weren't pit bulls or anything. I, I don't really remember the whole context, but it, it, it went away. It wasn't a big deal after a couple weeks, right? But in the moment, I remember my brothers were like, we need to go kill it. We need to go kill the dog or they need to put it down like rah, rah, let's, you know, let's go retaliate immediately. I'm like, listen, guys, I know this was a, a bad deal, but they didn't even bite her. She's just not going to go back over there and they're going to stay in their gates and this is all going to blow over. I maintained composure, right? I didn't let my feelings overwhelm me. I was upset about it too. But whoever wants to maintain control of the intense situation cannot afford to expose their feelings and expose their weaknesses to everybody else, right? Confession time. I am in some ways not like the other men, but in some ways exactly like the other men in the sense that I will sometimes late at night encounter a dash cam video of a really bad car wreck and then proceed to spend 45 minutes doom scrolling all of the dash cam car wreck videos from that account, okay? I've been there a handful of times. I've done it. And because I am an expert in the dash cam car crash field, what I can tell you is this. If there is one person driving and they get in a wreck or they see a really bad wreck, a lot of times they're pretty quiet and they keep their cool, okay? Whether it be a man or a woman. Sometimes they lose it. And when they do, it's typically a woman that loses it. Okay, that's just what I've seen. I'm not an official researcher. Uh, that's just what I've noticed. And here's what I've noticed even more. When a man and a woman are driving together, almost always the man that's driving, it doesn't matter if they're in a bad car crash or they witness a bad car crash. The man is silent, or he may say something like, oh, look at that, or wow, or, you know, softly say some expletive or something. The woman is much more likely to completely lose her mind. She will start screaming and seeing all this go down, absolutely screaming her head off, whether or not she was a part of the accident. And that is actually a very healthy dynamic. She can afford to be vulnerable and let all of her feelings come out because she's not in control of the situation. There's a, a popular meme trend going around where the girl and the guy are in the airport and the girl is relaxed and she's feeling very flowy and feminine and she doesn't, she's got her earbuds in and she's jamming to something, jamming to some music and just coasting through the airport, getting distracted with snacks or somebody's outfit and the man is like, okay, we're in this gate, we're going to this place, we've got this much time and he's in control of the situation. He is not letting his emotions rule the day, but she is letting it flow and she's relaxed and she's allowing him to control the situation. Okay. That's a, that's a healthy dynamic, right? And usually if there is a masculine player in a situation, be it male or female, and a feminine player in the situation, be it male or female, the masculine player has the burden on his shoulders, whether he puts it there or someone else does to maintain control of the situation. And so he has learned over time that he cannot afford to be vulnerable. It, whether it's a surprise lawsuit for a major company, whether it's an actual enemy at the gates and there's a warfare situation, whether it's your kid gets bit by a dog, 
whether it's a bad car wreck, if the person in control of the situation is vulnerable and shares how they're really feeling, it's very likely that the whole thing goes to hell in a handbasket. All right, those of you who are familiar with Lord of the Rings, which I hope is all of my loyal listeners are familiar with Lord of the Rings. If not, it's probably not the right podcast for you. I want you to think about the two towers. Two towers, Helm's Deep. If you haven't seen it, you've missed out. Legolas and um, Aragorn are preparing for the battle. You've got a bunch of has-beens. You've got a bunch of boys, um, a bunch of old weapons. It's not looking good, okay? It's their best shot, but it's frankly not looking good. And the uruk and the orcs are on their way to completely desolate these people. And Legolas and Aragorn are doing the best they can. And frankly, guys, the situation is very bleak. They're hoping that Gandalf shows up with a bunch of reinforcements later, but they're not entirely sure they can last. Things are not looking good. All right? Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, the, the gang, they are in control of the situation. They're leading the group. And there was a key moment where Legolas is... Um, am I, I don't think I'm saying that right. Legolas? Legolas? Whatever. The elf at, at one point was expressing the apparent futility of their situation. But the catch is, is he was doing it in Elvish. He wasn't doing it in a language that everybody could understand. Because if everybody heard what he was saying, then that would be an exposure of their weakness. And that would be an acknowledgement of his vulnerability. And panic would ensue and they would lose control of the situation. Right? He did need to express himself and get it off his chest, but he could not afford to be vulnerable with everybody because he would lose control of the situation, okay? We can compare that to Gondor, the Battle of Gondor, when the steward of Gondor, Denethor, you know, he's a little bit insane, but he completely exposes weakness, completely is vulnerable, and um, swings the complete opposite end and is yelling for everybody to abandon their post and flee the city and run for their lives because it's hopeless, because it was another bad-looking situation. And he proceeds to do that and completely lose control of the situation until Gandalf bonks him on the head and uh, takes him away because that wasn't going to fly. And um, in those times of crisis, heads up, the leader has the same feelings and same weaknesses and sees the same dangers and problems that all the followers do. But the masculine player in the situation cannot afford to be vulnerable in those times. So men who struggle with vulnerability, I want to sympathize with you. It's okay. It's natural to struggle with vulnerability. You need to be able to suppress pain and suppress volatile emotions to get the job done sometimes. You do, all right? The reason that men struggle with vulnerability, if it isn't apparent by now, let me just make it really plain. Men know that they need to have strength. They know they need to be strong. And vulnerability is shining a spotlight on their weaknesses, on their uncertainties, their insecurities, their lack of competencies in certain areas, their doubts. Vulnerability just opens up those things to the world. Again, if he's the king of the castle, vulnerability is saying, hey, everyone, these are the weak points in the walls. And more or less hoping that when he reveals those weaknesses, they do not get exploited. And men struggle with this because a lot of times they do. Men that have shown people the weak points in their castle walls are often punished for it. 
whether it be bad actors exploiting those weaknesses or whether it be the scorn of women or a loss of attraction from their woman or from their potential woman whenever he's vulnerable and she sees those weak points, it's often a turnoff and, um, or people don't understand, or perhaps he's so insecure about his weaknesses that he knows the whole castle will crumble if even one of them is revealed. And that's another point, but that's why men struggle with it. All right. And we'll, we'll come back to that point with the third question, which is why vulnerability is a turnoff for women. Sometimes we'll come back to that point, but uh, first let's talk about the second point, which is the second question. Why do women want men to be more vulnerable? All right. Let's go back to this castle analogy, right? So you are the king of your castle. The castle is a reflection of you. It embodies your strengths and your weaknesses, facts and features as other people see them. You were taught from a young, from being a young boy, hey man, you can't show weakness. You got to be tough. You got to power through it. So your castle wall looks pretty good. You definitely have weakness. It definitely does hurt when you get hit in the face with a baseball. The weakness is there, but you are good at suppressing the pain and the feelings that come with that. You have to push through. So you've built this big wall, right? Because if everybody thinks I'm strong, then I can pretend like I'm strong. I can be safe. I can push through, I can go to war, I can uh, negotiate, whatever it is. All right, that's your castle. You're the king inside. But let's say you want to get married. You want to find yourself a princess from another kingdom, get married, have some kids, start a family, all right? So the princess comes to visit you in your castle, as she should. She wants to get to know you. She wants to get to see her potential future husband, right? As she should. Imagine if you said, okay, but I'm just going to talk to you from outside the castle walls. You have to stay outside the castle walls and you're not going to come in and I'm just going to be emotionally unavailable and we're going to talk where I'm this aloof, emotionally distant king and I'm just going to expect for you to marry me, right? This is the kind of guy you ask him how he's doing, he's fine. Ask him how he's doing, he's great. Yeah, but isn't this going on? Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah, but we'll get through it. Yeah, but it'll be okay. And he doesn't show any weakness in the walls. And he, he cannot connect with you emotionally, right? And frankly, we got away with that as men for a long time. Men who had been through big traumas or who had learned from a young age to make a super tough looking exterior for his castle walls. The gate hasn't been opened. And so it gets locked up and it won't open and he won't connect with anybody, much less a woman. And he was able to get away with that. Why? Because women didn't really have other options. Uh, that's just kind of how all men were or most men were. And men who didn't have tough exteriors weren't tough at all and thus not attractive. So it wasn't really something that women wanted to look into. And so they kind of had to settle for emotionally unavailable men. And that was sort of how men were. But uh, welcome to the 21st century where the modern West, most of us are not entrenched in warfare. We have nice little office jobs and 
women have more access to men who are in tune with their emotions and who will open the castle gate and let her in, right? They want to get to know you. They're not going to settle for some sort of transactional marriage or a transactional relationship where you just make money and keep her safe and she has sex with you, cleans the house and makes food. That's not enough anymore, right? They've gotten smart. They've figured out that they want more than that. They want to know you as a person. Imagine that. But to know you as a person requires that you open the castle gate and let her come inside, right? When a man is never vulnerable with a woman, it means that she doesn't get to see his full and true self, right? He's still hiding behind his castle walls and not letting her in. And then sometimes it's this weird hybrid deal where he lets the princess in the castle walls. He opens the gate, but he says... Yeah, you can come over here and see this part of the castle and come over there and see that part of the castle. But we don't go over here. We don't, you can't come over here and see this. And she's like, why not? Can't you, why can't I see this part of the castle? And he's like, well, it's because we just don't talk about it. Um, I just don't like to talk about it. Is everything okay? Yeah, it's all in the past. Nothing's wrong. I just don't like to talk about it. That's weird, bro. She's not getting to know the full you. She's not getting to know the real you, Okay. It's for women that are emotionally whole and healed enough to desire an actual relationship with a man, they are going to want to see the whole castle, okay? Maybe not all at first or all at once, but at some point before they commit to you to to be your queen, they're going to want to know their way around the castle. Not with a blindfold on, not a guided tour where certain parts are off limits, but they're going to want to know the whole thing, all right? That's why they want you to be vulnerable. They don't want to see your weaknesses. That's not the point. They're not these vicious creatures that are like, oh, I've got to see the real him and all his flaws. It's so hot to see a man's flaws. Like that, That's not what they're doing. They want to see the real you. And what that means is coming inside the walls. Because when you're inside the walls of the castle, you can see from that perspective the parts of the wall that are actually strong and the parts of the wall that could use a little help and that have crumbled over the years or she doesn't want to see your weaknesses but that is a side effect of seeing the real you if she's going to come inside the castle walls and see the real you then she's going to see where the walls are weak that's just part of getting to know you that's why women want you to be vulnerable because that's part of the experience okay Hey y'all, just wanted to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's episode, which is myself. This show is actually a part of the Narrow Way Man brand, which is my online outlet to provide wisdom, motivation, and practical guidance for modern men. I've been blessed to take part in incredible transformations and breakthroughs with younger and middle-aged men who are in a season of crisis or a season of stagnation and are ready to make a big change, but are fed up with trying irrelevant churchy principles or recycled secular strategies that are void of biblical foundations. If you are a man who is truly ready to take responsibility and break out of your current plateau, there is a link in the show notes to apply for a coaching program. Thanks again for listening, and let's get back to the show. Moving on, let's talk about why masculine vulnerability is often a turnoff for women. All right? It seems counterintuitive. 
you want to see my vulnerability, you want me to show you my weaknesses, but when I do, it turns you off and I feel punished for it. So guys, to help you understand why this happens, we're gonna shift gears a little bit, okay? We've been talking about castles and kings, we're now gonna talk about makeup, all right? We're gonna get in your shoes as a man. Think about women wearing makeup, okay? It's not too different than this false exterior that we put on emotionally and physiologically. Pretending not to feel pain, pretending not to have problems, pretending we have it all together, not being vulnerable. In the same way that we conceal our weaknesses, they literally have a product called concealer that they will put on their faces to conceal things that they don't want us to see whether it be a pimple or a sunspot or just something that they don't want to show the world. They will use a product called concealer, right? And women do this to different degrees, right? Some women wear a lot of makeup all the time. Some women wear a lot of makeup sometime. Some women wear no makeup all the time, everything in between, right? So we all know what makeup is, how that works. It's a socially acceptable lie, right? It's a socially acceptable misrepresentation of how a woman looks. We all know she's doing it. We all know it's not real, but we're all okay with it for some reason. I'm not a big fan of it, if you can't tell, but it is what it is, okay? Now that we have that frame of mind, I want you to imagine getting to know a girl for three to six months and she's always worn makeup, right? You're not a makeup pro, so you can't really tell how much, right? You just know she's wearing it. Um, if you've thought about it at all, you're a dude, so you probably haven't even been thinking about it much, but you just know she's pretty, you like her, and y'all been talking for, you know, let's call it four or five months. And then one day out of the blue, you guys go on a date and she's not wearing any makeup, all right? And she looks so different than what you thought. And I don't mean in an attractive way. She looks worse. She looks less pretty and you were not ready for this. You didn't see this coming and you just go on this date and all of a sudden she's not wearing makeup and it literally takes you five seconds of intense neurological work to realize that that is her. You don't even recognize her at first, okay? That experience is going to be a little bit disturbing for you. That's going to be a turnoff for you if you were not expecting that. It's going to be a turnoff for you to the degree that your previous perception of her and your new perception of her are different, right? So if she was a type of girl who wore a ton of makeup, right, all the time, but she still looks really good and pretty much the same to you and me who don't pay attention to all of the details, if she just looks like, oh, maybe she looks a little less glowy or less peppy or more tired or more pale or whatever awkward man words you want to use if she just looks a little bit different it's not a big deal oh no makeup today okay i see you have a little pimple there or i see you have a blemish or whatever it is not a big deal right and actually it's kind of refreshing isn't it oh so this is the real you it makes us feel good it's like oh so she feels comfortable enough to be herself with me and that's kind of nice 
And now I know what she actually looks like underneath the makeup. So I feel like I'm connecting to the real her, right? But listen, if if she wore a lot of makeup all the time and she shows up to the date with no makeup and she looks a lot different, way different, the gap between how she looks with makeup and without makeup is huge. Let's be honest, bro. That's going to be a turnoff, all right? Maybe not a huge one, but it's going to be somewhat of a turnoff, all right? Ladies, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry. It is what it is. Okay, and then let's talk about the different levels of that, right? If it's been four or five months and she sends you a text the day before and says, hey, we got this date tomorrow, can't wait, love to see you. Listen, I wear makeup all the time and I realized something the other day, you haven't seen me without makeup and I wanna show you what that looks like. Um, Warning, I do look a little bit different, uh, but it's still me and I hope that's okay, right? And then she shows up to the date. There is a significant difference now she looks, but she's super like chill about it. And she's still her confident, happy self with no makeup. It's not as big of a deal, right? If you were surprised by it and she acts like a different person with no makeup and she's not as confident and she's not as put together emotionally without the makeup, that's less attractive. Or where she at is it's been six months of dating her and you surprise her with flowers at her apartment and you knock on the door and she thinks it's someone else and she opens up with no makeup and wearing sweats and completely loses it because she can't believe that you've seen her without makeup and she's just crying, like ugly crying, you know, just in her raw form. And that's another experience, right? And guys, you hopefully you can see the parallels here that we want to see her without makeup at some point. It's not this obsession, hopefully. But if we never see her without makeup, we never really know the real her. And also, if there's this big gap between how she looks with makeup versus without, that's kind of weird. That's kind of disturbing. It, we feel almost deceived. We were getting to know and becoming attracted to a different person. Worse still is if she acts different, which a lot of girls do. They will literally act different with makeup versus without makeup, which is also, ladies, a red flag. Okay, so if she looks way different and acts way different, that's a turnoff. And sometimes it's a turnoff that guys won't be able to handle. And gentlemen, in the same way, if you have this beautiful, tough, strong exterior emotionally and physiologically, and then you let princess inside and she sees that actually the walls are crumbling and it's not even close to how it looks on the outside, she's going to be understandably turned off, bro. The reason why your vulnerability turns her off is for these reasons. Number one, your real self is actually way, way, way weaker than you look on the outside. It's like a huge imbalance. It's like a bait and switch. It's like a really beautiful girl that knows how to do makeup really well and then she takes it all off and she's not as pretty anymore. Not even close, right? She's got the eye tape, she's got the concealer, she's got the fake teeth, maybe the, the hair extensions. It all comes out and it's, she's unrecognizable. That's you. Some of you, you're really good at being Mr. Stoic and sometimes it's big dudes, like big burly tattoos, trucks, loud motorcycles, all these external facades of toughness. And then he finally lets a woman in and he's just an overgrown child. She comes inside his castle walls and he's like a mess. 
and it's a complete bait and switch. It doesn't look anything like it does from the outside. And so she's turned off. And he's like, but I thought you wanted to see the real me. And she's like, well, I did. Maybe I just don't want to stick around anymore now that I know it's nothing like the preview. Now that I know it's nothing like what I thought it would be from the outside. And you really blame her, bro, for getting turned off. And again, it's it's also about, uh, number two, how you feel about your weakness. This is a little bit of a mind bender, but I want you to think about this. Weakness is subjective. It depends on the context. It depends on counterbalancing strengths. It depends on how the holder of that weakness interprets it. Right? So I might have a weak point in my castle wall, but if I've mitigated against that weakness, or if I have a plan to fix it, or maybe I actually hope people attack there because I've got my vats of hot oil and I've got my archers and I've got my munitions and all these things ready to obliterate them once they do into this like kill box, then the weakness isn't so weak anymore, is it? Side note, narcissists do this. Narcissists will be vulnerable with you about something that's not actually a weak point for them in hopes that you will disarm yourself, enter in through that vulnerability, and you'll walk into their kill box. Okay, that's a narcissist tactic, right? Be careful for that. Side note ended. Back to reasons why vulnerability could turn women off. This reason of how you see the weakness. I want you to imagine, take the princess inside the castle gates. You're taking on her on the tour. And she said, oh, what's that over there? That looks like that might fall down sometime soon. Like what's going on? You, like you can handle that two different ways. You can say, oh yeah, that's that got absolutely destroyed last year with XYZ. Um, and I've got a few guys coming over tomorrow. We're going to work on that. It should be fixed soon, right? You can do that. You can play it that way. But this is what most of you guys do. You hide that portion of the wall. She comes inside the gate. You hide that portion of the wall all the time. And then she finally gets nosy one day and throws the tarp off. And then you just start crying and you're like, that is a part of myself that I hate and that I've suppressed and it's my father wound and trauma and all these things and my therapist and blah, 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 and my mom and blah. And it's like, dude, you're melting down about this. How you frame your weakness is huge, okay? You can be vulnerable with her and show her your weakness, but if you can own that with confidence and faith, that God is working and that you are working to grow, that's an entirely different ballgame, okay? Now, there are some immature women that if they find a weakness or you intentionally expose a vulnerability to them, that's going to turn them off no matter what, whether you have a plan about it or you don't. And that's on them, bro. Like, let them leave. If they're looking for a perfect man, they're going to be looking for a long time, okay? But if you can show a woman a weakness and you can do it with faith and confidence in God and in your sanctification and in the measures you're taking to mitigate that weakness, it's not going to be that bad, bro. But if you're like melting in a puddle of tears by your, your crumbled castle wall and then your therapist comes out from the rubble and says, it's okay, we're going to validate your feelings. And then your mom comes out from all the rocks and says, it's okay, baby, you're fine just the way you are that princess is going to be running the other way. Like she does not want anything to do with that. Okay. That's how vulnerability can turn women off. And we, we kind of alluded to this, but 
the final way vulnerability can turn women off is when you're not in control of the release, okay? That sounded weird, but it's not. When you're not in control of how you display your vulnerability, it signals a deeper weakness that she's less likely to tolerate. I want you to, okay, we talked about castles, we talked about makeup. We are now gonna talk about a dam. So imagine a dam that has tons of water behind it. It's like a reservoir or a lake or something, right? And that dam has gates, or I don't know what you'd call them, like, you know, openings, portals, passageways. It has holes in it that have a control system where water can escape through, right? Maybe the dam goes to a river or something like that, but the bulk of that water is held under control. Women want a guy who has a dam strong enough to hold her emotions as well, sometimes. I say women, what I mean is feminine women. There are some women who they play the role of that for their husband and they're more of the masculine player. She wants, the, the feminine wants a masculine man to have a dam that is strong enough and has enough room for her to dump her emotions into it at times. Again, she does not want to be the person in control of an intense situation. It is natural and healthy for her to be singing and be bopping along in the airport while you, the masculine, are the one in control of the situation. That is, there's nothing sexist about that. There's nothing wrong about that. And as you can tell from TikTok or Instagram Reels or whatever you consume short form content on, they really like that. They really enjoy that. And you can go to the comments of these videos and see all the butthurt feminists who says, wish my man was like that. Or for me, it's opposite. My man, blah, 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 like, yeah. All right. And I'm not defining all relationships by airport interactions. Okay. That's narrow minded, but it's a good example. She wants you to be strong enough to where she can dump and outsource her thoughts and emotions to you and completely relax and completely let it flow. And for your dam, your reservoir to be strong enough to handle that, okay? It is what it is, my brother. If your dam is rock solid and never releases any water, okay, that's bad for you because that water is gonna become stagnant, dysfunctional, unhealthy to you, okay? We'll get into that more later. But it's also not helpful for her because your emotions are God-given. You're meant to experience those. And she wants, again, to know you, the real you. So you have to open up those gates and let some water come out, right? That's what she wants. She wants you to let some of the water come out. And she wants to get to know you. But you need to be in control of that, right? Vulnerability turns women off whenever the dam breaks, and it's like, hang on, buddy, I didn't want all of that. Or when you open the gates way too much and it's like, whoa, I'm not your therapist. I don't, I want to be able to pour my emotions into you and you're pouring your emotions into me. Okay. Also, when you show her too much too soon, right? And guys, this goes into the idea of emotional gatekeeping. Women are the sexual gatekeepers of a relationship quite literally, when you look at anatomy, she is the sexual gatekeeper. There will not be sexual intimacy without the permission of the woman. 
and we don't respect women who open the sexual gates too quickly. We don't. We don't. And by we, I mean masculine virtuous men. We do not respect a woman who opens the sexual gateway too quickly. All right. In the same way, a man is the emotional gatekeeper for a relationship. There will not be emotional intimacy in a relationship unless the man, and guys, I'm using masculine and man interchangeably here, but the masculine player in the relationship is the emotional intimacy gatekeeper. There will not be emotional intimacy without his approval. And the feminine, the woman, does not respect a man who opens that gate too quickly. All right. Yes, she wants to see your soft side. Yes, she wants you to be, bon uh, be vulnerable. She wants to know the real you. But if you let that gate open too quickly, she won't respect you. She's going to put you in the friend zone. She's going to label you a nice guy. She'll be asking for it from the beginning, I promise. But if you let it open too quickly, it's a sign of weakness, my brother. It's a sign that you want her to validate you. It's a sign that you need her approval. It's a sign that you don't protect yourself enough and that you're too vulnerable, too open to attack, and too weak. All right? Don't open your emotions to women too quickly. And guys, that's a good segue into kind of the application, right? What do you do with all this information? Brief review, what have we learned? Why do men struggle with vulnerability? Well, it's because they should. Vulnerability is dangerous. Vulnerability leaves you open to exploitation and to attack. Men who express vulnerability, whether intentionally or unintentionally, are often punished for it. Whether it be by females who no longer like them or who exploit their weaknesses in malicious, nefarious ways, or whether it's by other men who see a weak point and they're in this sort of competitive environment and the man exploits the weakness, right? Whether it's the karate kid, sweep the leg, right? We, we find a weakness and we exploit it. Or it's the woman who loses attraction to us once we show our real self to her. And in war, in sports, in training, it does not pay to be vulnerable. Why women want men to be more vulnerable is usually not so they can exploit anything, but they want to get to know the real you. And they want you to open the castle gate so she can come inside the castle and know the real you. And part of that process is seeing your weaknesses because the real you is not perfect, right? It's a reasonable thing for them to want. Just like it's a reasonable thing for us to want to know what she looks like without makeup. Not so that we can immediately disqualify her. No, that's not the point. But to get to know the real her, we need to see the real face, right? It's not apples to apples, but you get the point. Number three, the reason why masculine vulnerability is often a turnoff for women is because the gap between who you were projecting yourself to be versus who you really are is massive. So much so that it is disturbing and she feels a little bit cheated, right? In the same way that if she wore tons of makeup and looks completely different without it, you're going to feel a little bit cheated. It's a turnoff. Another reason why it could be a turnoff is because maybe you revealed your vulnerability too soon. Maybe you're insecure about your weaknesses versus if you were just secure about them and had confidence that you could succeed and be okay in spite of them, then it wouldn't be as much of a turnoff to her, right? 
that's kind of the overview of vulnerability, masculinity, women. Here's what you need to do about it, okay? This is the application time. You need to be able to discuss your emotions with your woman while maintaining a calm and collected composure, right? If there's one skill that you need to take away from all this in the context of talking with women about being vulnerable, about your vulnerabilities, it's the skill of being able to discuss the weak points in your wall, take her on a full tour of the castle, talk about the weak points in the wall, and do so in a calm, confident way. Say, yep, this is a weak point in the wall. It happened because of XYZ. These are the steps I'm taking to heal from it. Right? And then that bleeds into the second application point. First application, be able to discuss your emotions and weaknesses while maintaining a calm and confident composure. Number two, you need to be working with men to address your emotions, right? When you take her over to that weak point on the wall, she does not need to see your mother or your female therapist trying to patch it up. She needs to see godly men in your life that are helping you mitigate and heal from these weaknesses. You should be fully vulnerable with them, right? When you are with these godly men, local mentors, peers that can help you heal, that can provide strength that have been there before, when you are doing that, you can process those emotions fully with those men. You can be fully vulnerable with those men. Because when you're sitting with those men, you're out in the deer stand, you're out on the sports field, you're in the weight room, you're at the cigar lounge, you're with these guys, it's just you. You don't have to maintain control of the situation. You can let your guard down. You can open your castle gate, bring these men inside and say, hey guys, this is what it is and this is how I feel about it. And you can cry, you can be real with them, okay? If you don't know men like this, then you need to become the first because there are men waiting for permission to be real. And if you have to be the first in your friend group, do it. And if they don't accept you, I'm sorry, that's going to hurt. That's going to suck. Go find different friends. Go find godly mentors. Hire me as a coach. Go join a men's group. Do something. But don't be the king that walls it all up and lies about it and pretends like nothing's wrong because that's garbage, man. That's how you end up committing suicide. That's how you end up emotionally suppressing all your life and not feeling joy, not being truly happy, not feeling fulfilled, not connecting to your woman. You got to deal with this stuff and you need to deal with it in the context of community with godly men. Your woman is great and strong and beautiful, but in that relationship, you are the leader. You are the masculine player. And as we all know, those relationships can turn into intense situations at times, right? It's quite the roller coaster. If you want to be the masculine player, then your dam needs to have room for her flood, for her water. And it needs to have gates that can open up where you can share in a controlled, confident way. And to maintain a healthy balance there, you have to have community. You have to have godly men in your life that can help you fix the weaknesses, can help you feel more confident about them, know what God says about them, 
Don't wall it all up. Don't bottle it all up. But learn to release it in the right context with the right people. Thank you for listening. If this episode was valuable to you, I will probably never know that unless you do me the favor of leaving a five-star review and hitting the follow button for this podcast. Doing that is going to let me know to keep producing this kind of content, and it's going to help other people just like you discover it as well. I appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next time on The Path.